You are dialed into the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end. And I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the success line. I am so excited to be here today. We are talking to Victoria. I'm meeting her for the first time. I think we're going to be talking to her about launching maybe a side business, something to do with uh, speaking and teaching and consulting, uh, writing, which obviously I've, I've learned a lot about myself over the years. So Victoria, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? And thanks doing, for having me. Oh, girl, thanks for being here. I'm so excited to um, to meet you. And uh, I guess you found us on, on Facebook. You've been following success for a while. Yes, yes. I actually was featured in March, April. Oh. Um, feature, so. Congratulations. That's exciting stuff. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, uh, as I understand, you work in government right now? Yes. So my full-time job, I work for the Department of Veteran Affairs. I'm a staff appraiser. Um, but my six, my I would say my my passion, a few years ago, I opened a nonprofit for um veteran mothers that's been incarcerated. So that's my side gig for now and I'm trying to make it my full-time job uh, along with other things like far as public speaking and things of that nature. Wow. So explain that to me, veteran mothers who have been incarcerated. So you're saying a woman who came out of the military who is now in prison? Yes. So once they get released, um, so my program, We Still Rise, is to kind of, you know, help them through that transition and that journey. Well, you're saying once they get released from prison? Yes. Once they get released. And it's only it's only women who were both incarcerated and were veterans? Yes, that well, that is our focus, but I have helped other women that have not been veterans. Okay. Um, all right, gotcha. So uh interesting. Wow, that's very, very cool. That's so inspiring and specific. How'd you like how did you land on that or why did you decide to do that? Well, okay, so a few years ago, I actually was a parole officer for the state of Texas, and I just started seeing a growing number of women coming out of prison. And after I talked to me hearing their stories, I found out a lot of them were veterans. And so, um, you know, the criminal justice system, it's not as kind as we would like, but things have changed over the years. So since I left the, um, the, the parole, I actually transitioned to being a homeless veteran housing specialist. And so I realized that my population really stayed the same from working in parole because 97% of our veterans were actually in, in, um, they had a background. 
So interesting. And yeah. So I seen it was a need for housing for women. And so that's where it was something that was on my heart. And that's where We Still Rise is where it was birthed from. Interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, it's such a, that's a heartbreaking thought that people who go fight for our country and our freedom and then put their life on the line and then come back and end up either being homeless or in prison. Well, yes. It, it must happen. I mean, it must happen a lot. Do you know any of the statistics offhand? Um, not really offhand. Um, okay. I will say in the last 10 years, the the population from women being incarcerated, not just veterans, it has grown up to 97%. Um, but the reason why it's not a lot of data is because women do not identify themselves as being a veterans. Because when you see veterans, the first thing you think of is males. And so um, that's why I like to say women who served. Because that helps capture the women. It's like, well, I serve in the military, but they don't normally just think of themselves as veterans. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, so you were in a parole, you were a parole officer, then you were working with the homeless and, and, and now you're, you're working in the government, but you've made this nonprofit kind of going back towards what you were doing, serving, serving these women who are coming out of prison. And that's what you really want to make. You want to make enough money for that to be your full-time gig. Is that, is that what I'm understanding? Uh, yes, that and really follow my passion on being a, a public speaker okay. um, because I I feel like um, a lot of times where I see with the women, they're really not motivated. And so I've just kind of had this knack of how to reach the women. So that's kind of led me on my path of wanting to be a public speaker. Uh-huh. How can I put it on a larger scale? to maybe um, come speak to these women that's in the program, like in different veteran programs and things of that nature. Okay. And, and um, have you been, have you, have you been speaking and writing? Like give us a sense of how long have you been working on this non, like in my mind, I'm hearing a couple of things. I'm hearing nonprofit. I'm hearing writing a book. You haven't said that, but you've mentioned that in your survey and now I'm hearing public speaking. So give us a sense of, are all three of those dreams or are you doing some of them? How long have you been doing them? How's it, how are they each going? Okay. So the nonprofit I established in 2017. Okay. And so um, pre COVID, of course I had the building, the program and probably about four minute, months into COVID, I had to ultimately shut down. So, I'm, so right now I'm revamping and I'm working on getting a new building. Um, as far as the speaking engagement, I have done my first speaking engagement about a month ago. Okay. And I just, um, so it was, I went to a domestic violence um, fundraiser and I was one of the keynote speakers to speak on my experience being a veteran woman and um, how I was able to transition from being in a domestic violence situation to now being an entrepreneur helping women and kind of forging my path. Um, And as far as the book, I actually have a book. It's being pre-released September 11th. It's very significant to me because I was activated for 9-11. And so my, I have, I say my mouth is ridiculous because I was in the military. Um, But the title (laughs) is, I don't know what the I'm doing, but it works. All right. So, and that encompasses, there's no real guy on life. 
And it's really just kind of following your gut instincts and just going with the flow. That's kind of the message or the point of the book? Yes. Okay. Um, All right. And so I guess, so let me ask you, what, what do you think, like, what is your question specifically for the success line? So my question is, um, really, how can I promote myself as a speaker in the book to get more speaking gigs and to kind of really kind of put the book out there? That is my question. Okay. Um, Got it. All right. And then, and then kind of a related question is how do I make enough money from these activities to where I could like make it be my full-time gig? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Did you get paid for your first gig that you did? I did not. Okay. Great. Um, All right, Miss Victoria. So first of all, I caught in there that you were a veteran. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for your service. Thank you. We're, we're so grateful for you. And, um, now I, I, I see the connection. Um, and I think there's a strong connection here to, uh, one of the, one of the great things about building a personal brand, like you're talking about, uh, and this has been my whole life. Like this question is, you know, my whole life is my dream was to be a speaker, be an author. Uh, and, and, you know, we've, we've done that. And now, uh, you know, our whole, our company brand builders group actually works exclusively with people who are trying to build this part of their business. So this is a big part of our life and our world. And we've spent a lot of time here. So I, I love getting uh, questions specific to personal brands just cause it's, it's, it's pretty much all we do. Um, and uh, I think there is the good news is that I think there's a strong connection between the success of your speaking, the success of your book, and the success of your nonprofit, I see them being all tied together um, very, very clearly. When you look at how do I, how do I become a speaker? How do I get more speaking gigs? There's kind of a few sides of the conversation. One is your branding and your positioning which is basically a set of decisions that you make about who you're going to be and what you're going to talk about. And then there's another side, which is really marketing, which is how do you go out and tell the world that you are available for this thing? Um, And selling books often is a byproduct of the marketing, meaning you... most people sell books as a fraction of the percent. It's, it's a fraction of the number of people they are in front of. So whether it is on uh, through the written word, th- through like articles, through your own blog or through writing for a publication like success uh, or, you know, others through the uh, spoken word by like hosting your own podcast through uh, being in media interviews and being on shows, other people's shows, and through your own like uh, speaking engagements, and then also through your own video production. So selling books, if I had to boil it all down, is I would say selling books is simply a mathematical um, equation that is directly directly proportionate to the number of people that you are in front of. And so the question is, how do you get in front of more people? And that kind of ties back to 
what you're speaking on and how are you letting people know that you're available and, um, and, and then just learning how to get in front of more people. So does, does that make sense? Do you, do you, do you follow what I'm saying there about the interconnectedness of your speaking, writing and nonprofit? And then also kind of the two parts of this, which is like the branding and positioning as well as the marketing and outreach part. Yes. Okay. Um, Awesome. Do you, do you feel like you need more help? Are you more interested in kind of like the, the, the branding positioning in terms of figuring out who do I talk to? Like, what should I talk on and who do I talk to and what do I talk about kind of a thing? Or is it more of more of like the tactical of, of how do I get speaking gigs and how do I sell more books? Or is it, which, which of those is more kind of your question? How do I get um, speaking gigs and sell more books? So I have my topics. I'm actually getting ready to um, launch my, so I'm all about branding. So I um, get ready to launch my, my website, which will have my blog. And then it has a link to all the podcasts I've been on. So anything that's Victoria B. Thompson is going to be centralized on the website, victoriabthompson.me. Um, so, so yes, the, the biggest thing is like how to get the gigs and really how to get in front of the right people to get the gigs. Got it. Yeah. So, um, the first, the first part of that is actually your branding and positioning is, is clarity about what you talk about. The number one reason why people struggle as a speaker or an author is they talk about too many things to too many people on too many different channels. They try to be everything to everyone everywhere. And it completely breaks down. Um, it is a concept that we call a uh, Sheehan's wall. So at brand builders group, we named this after our colleague, Peter Sheehan, who kind of originally inspired us with this concept that we've kind of adapted now to personal branding. But the essence is that in any market, there is two groups of people. There are people who are, uh, known and they are, they have people asking them to come speak. They're getting paid high fees. They have large followings. They're getting, uh, you know, asked to be on the media all the time. They're making money from a number of different streams. They get invited to do book deals, um, other, you know, movie deals and co, you know, lots of, lots of other things kind of come their way. And then there are those who are unknown and often much more beginner in their journey. Um, and they're competing with everyone else in this giant sea of noise to try to move from being unknown to known. And in the middle is this invis, this giant invisible wall, which we refer to as Sheehan's wall. And what most people do, they have several different topics they talk to several different audiences, you know, um, and they're trying to, and they often have several, several different business models, like all these different products and services they offer. Um, and often they are trying to like manage, you know, several different social media platforms and things. And, and they, they, they are spinning their wheels, doing a lot of things, not very well. And, and the way to really break through the wall is to become the world's leading expert on one thing on one topic to become the go-to person on blank. And, and as you become the world's leading authority or one of the top leading authorities on blank, that is how you break through the wall. And then once you're on the other side of the wall, then you can expand into other things. So the, the, 
people think it's something tactical, which is why they're not getting booked. And, and most often it is, it is a lack of clarity about their positioning as they are unclear about what problem they solve. And so we always tell people the genesis of personal branding, the very first step, which most people skip over or they cannot do. And it's the most important step of all is to be able to answer in one question or one word, um, this question, what problem do you solve? Um, another way of saying that is what do you speak on? Um, so uh, I would ask you that question, Victoria, is what, is what is that problem you solve or what is that one thing that you really speak on? Well, I mean, honestly, just that because I have four speaking topics. So, I mean, just by hearing, hearing that feedback, now I guess the question is, is it, is it is four too many? Yes. Oh. When okay. you're starting, when you're starting it, it I, I'm going to, ju- I will say in my opinion, it is, and you want to have one expertise, one topic that you deep dive in, you drive on. And, and you know, the, the fear here is, well, if I have less things available, I have less things that people can buy. And so therefore I will sell less, but it is actually the opposite is true. It is that the more clear I am about the one thing I do the more clear it becomes to the marketplace. If you have this need or this problem, this, I am the person that you should hire. If you do not have this need or this problem, I am not the person you should hire. And that clarity about that one thing is true positioning. And you go, Ooh, this is the person I call on blank. Now um, I'll give you the shortcut, right? So we, we, uh, brand builders, our, we have an, a two-day process that we take people to, to help them do this. We call it finding your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we don't have two days right now. So I will try to give you what we have found to be the greatest shortcut of all, which is uh, the answer to this question uh, or, or statement. What we have found is you are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. That's why we started Brand Builders Group, because we had the dream. I once had the dream of being a New York Times bestselling author and a Hall of Fame speaker and speaking on stages in front of 10,000 people. And um, and then I met my wife and she had a similar you know, vision for building a sales consulting company and doing all these things. And, and then we did those over the years. And so now anyone who has that dream, we're well equipped to help those people because that was our dream. Um, and that was the path that we walked down. So the short, the, 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 the best chance at a shortcut is to ask yourself, what problem have I overcome? What challenge have I solved? What question have I answered? What obstacle have I defeated? That is going to be the fastest shortcut to pinpointing your uniqueness, Victoria. So what do you think about when I say those things? When you, okay. So honestly, law of attraction is one of my topics. And I often refer myself to as the self-proclaimed official spokesperson of law of attraction, because I have been able to change my mindset and to overcome a lot of things that I didn't even realize that was possible. 
Um, so, I mean, even almost every meeting I have, I'm always talking about law of attraction, how I have the unwavering belief in myself and knowing that I can obtain anything that I want to. So that would be honestly, I think the um, what problem do I solve is how to help people have that unwavering belief in themselves. Uh-huh. So expressed as a problem, mm-hmm. that would be something like self-doubt. Yes. So law of attraction, just so you know, that's a that's what we would call a vehicle. Okay. Um, there's the, 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 one of the biggest, the biggest lessons that you have to learn in marketing is the difference between the vehicle and the destination. Okay. Um, the vehicle is the thing that you do that takes you where you're trying to go. And one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they market the vehicle. You don't want to market the vehicle. You want to market the destination. You market what shows up for you in your life. Once you have determined that this is the right vehicle and then you've gotten into that vehicle you've learned how to operate the vehicle and you have done so and then it takes you to that destination so the law of attraction is a vehicle so we want to market the destination and then the other thing ironically that makes great marketing is not only the destination but the starting point you great marketing is describing What is the problem that people are struggling with right now? The worst marketing, the most ineffective marketing is marketing the vehicle because every vehicle requires work and that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear about the destination and they want to hear that you understand where they are at. And so the starting point is describing their life as it exists today in the absence of the vehicle. So, um, that or, or, you know, in, in, in brand builder speak, we would call that what problem do you solve, right? So mm-hmm. self-doubt is potentially a problem. Like, so that could potentially be the problem you solve. You know, the law of attraction is a, potentially a vehicle. And then the question is, what do you help people accomplish? So what's the destination? What shows up for people if they you know, do this. Okay. So if they overcome their self-doubt, they're able to achieve their goals. Um, they're, they're able to, I mean, there would be better parents. Okay. Show up in every part of their life in at a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you could call a word for that could be like potential. Right. So, Uh So if, if that were your uniqueness, I know I'm speeding you kind of through our process here a little bit, but, but um, we, would, we would say that the problem is the problem you solve for people. Self-doubt is a problem. Mm-hmm. The uniqueness is a one-word capture of the vehicle. So I don't know. It, it's actually probably more like your uniqueness. If it was around the law of attraction, it might be something like manifestation um, mm-hmm. or, you know, self-talk or something like that. Um, and then, you know, living, living, your, living your full potential is more of what we, is what we would call the payoff, which is really the destination that you're taking people, you're, you're taking people down. Um, and because like when you say achieve goal, you know, your goals, be better parents, you know, operate a hundred percent, um, then, and, and usually we would put the, we would pull the, we would want to pull the title 
of your speech and your book from the payoff you provide, not from the vehicle, which is what a lot of people, a lot of people do. Um, but you know, so living your full potential is in my opinion, and based on our research would be a much better title for you than um, something like, I don't know what the F I'm doing, but it works. Um, because what makes great marketing is a destination, right? Living your full potential as a destination, achieving your goals as a destination, become a better parent. Those are great destinations. Any one of those are great destinations. You know, the question is which of those you want to talk about most specifically, or do you want to talk more generally about something like, you know, living your full potential? Um, and, um, versus I don't know what the F I'm doing is it's a statement about you personally, rather than about me as your consumer. So I don't know what's in it for me. Um, also, and this is just, you know, all of these are choices you'll just have to make for your own personal brand. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm you know, speaking openly since you have invited me into your life here to do to do so. Anytime you use a cuss word in your marketing, you mm -hmm. are going to automatically eliminate a very large part of your audience from hiring you. Now, there are some people that will hire you because you use a cuss word and that's more of like their style. So if you really want to anchor to that, you can. Um, and it's, uh, it's cuss words are effective in titles to the extent that they are pattern interrupts, meaning they cap, they, they are unusual. They, they, they are shocking. They are attention grabbing by the nature of being a cuss word. So, um, a big part of marketing is just being remembered. And so that's why you see some, some titles work that have cuss words in them, but you, you, you do have to know that you are going to eliminate some portion of your audience. Um, a large portion, a large portion of people, particularly in the corporate market. Um, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for a company, which by the way, the people with all the money to pay speaking fees, they are corporations. Right. They are not associations. They are not nonprofits. They are not schools. They are not government entities. They are not prisons. They are not uh, public events. The people who pay large speaking fees and have large budgets are either huge associations or they are companies. Um, so if you do choose to use a cuss word, it's kind of like in the B2C market, it has some advantages in terms of like people will stop in their tracks and at least look, um, but you are going to pay a, a price. There's a, there's a trade-off for that. But my big issue with the title isn't so much the cuss word as it is. It doesn't tell me what's in it for me. What's in it for me is making more money, achieving my goals, being in better shape, being a better parent, or, you know, something with like the word potential, um, so the, the, do you see how there's this alignment that comes from who you are and what you have done into what can you do for me and, or my people? Yes. No, I, and honestly, I was actually told that before, um, a good friend of mine, he, he, he didn't want me to use the title. 
Um, and so I had explained where pretty much the title counts. So these are things that I've said throughout my military career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was a cop in the military. I was the only black person in my unit for the first few years. So being in an um, environment where I, I was raised in a, a dominant male um, career field, is it, to be honest, is a part of me. Um, I, I, my, and I, one of the chapters, which is the first one, is about the military, how I started, because it's just a story about my life. And it's, you know, my mouth is ridiculous, but I blame it on the military. So it goes into explain why the title is named the title. And so each... But nobody will read that chapter. If they don't buy the book, they won't read that. They'll never even read that chapter. Here's what makes terrible titles. Titles that need to be explained are terrible titles. Um, What you want, you want a title that is enticing, not intriguing. Okay. You want to now, cause I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't say that. Like, uh, you know, I don't know what the F I'm doing, but it works. That could be a theme of the whole book inside the book. If that's a part of your story and who you are and what you believe that those can all, that can be inside the book. It's just hard for other people to buy it because they don't know what it means and they don't see how it benefits them. And if you, if you, if you haven't heard the full explanation, it occurs to me, it's actually the opposite of what you want because it's going, why would I buy a book from someone who doesn't know what they're doing? Um, I want to buy a book from someone who knows what they're doing and who can help me do something awesome. So I'm not saying it's a bad philosophy or anything like that. I'm just Uh saying it's a, it's a tough title to buy because it doesn't, it doesn't articulate what's in it for me. It could be the theme of the whole book inside the book, but it's kind of like, if it's the title, I will never buy the book to find out what it means versus if you give me a title that talks about what's in it for me, then I can read the whole book and find out what that means. Cause you have the whole book to explain it to me. But if I don't, I don't buy it. You never get that chance. Um, and that's a common mistake that people make in marketing again, is it's, it's, they, they, they will, um, do it around their, their, their own sign up sort of philosophy Mm-hmm. The philosophy should go inside the book. Okay. Um, uh, the, what you have learned goes inside the book. What you can do for people goes on the outside of the book. Okay. Um, so, and if you wanted to use an F word, then I would call it living your, your full effing potential. Or just call oh, it full... Or just call it full effing, full effing potential or something like that. So again, it's, I'm not telling you not to use a cuss word necessarily. I think that's a bold, risky move. But if you say that's, that's, that's my brand, that's who I am. That's my uniqueness. Then I would say, fine, lean into that. But the thing I would be a little bit uncompromising on if, if I were your paid strategist, which in this case I'm, I'm not, but you know, here, here we are having a conversation. I appreciate you letting me speak, you know, directly. It, what I would be less compromising on is I would say, you can use a cuss word. Fine. That's a choice. Uh, that's a stylistic choice, but what is not a stylistic choice is you speaking 
from a place of who you are versus what can you do for me? You have to speak from a place of what you can do for me. So if you can help me live my full effing potential, okay, cool. If I like your style, now we're in. If I don't like your style, I'm still out, but that's okay. It's not a bad thing to narrow your audience. So if you want a cuss word, I would just wrap the cuss word in something that is audience focused versus your your own self philosophy focused. No, I love it. Makes sense? It. No, it makes a lot of sense. I, thank you. Great. So that's your positioning. Um, th- that's going to be a, a huge issue that we just solved. So now, once you get clear about your positioning and you've got some work there to do still on, you know, what's my tagline? What's my message? Translating that into a body of work. So normally what we would do is we would help someone get clear on what problem do they solve? And you go, okay, self-doubt. And then what do you help people do? I help them live their full potential. Those are the two things you go out and market to the marketplace. You don't talk Mm -hmm. about law of attraction. You don't talk about manifestation or self-talk. Those are all the vehicles that you teach them once they hire you, but they're not really in your marketing. The marketing is, do you struggle with self-doubt and do you want to live your full potential? That's what you market. And then once they pay you and they buy the book, buy the course, pay you to come speak or do the workshop, then you teach them whatever your truth is about how to do that, which in your case, you're saying is self-talk, law of attraction, manifestation, whatever word you come up with. So you got work to do there, but at least we've got the general positioning here intact. Now you got to say, okay, how does marketing work? And I'm going to talk specifically about speaking. Um, well, well, let me, let me say this in general for everybody who's listening. For most of us, the biggest marketing problem we have is there's just, there, it's not that we have a bad product. It's that we're not telling enough people about our product. And if I don't know about you, I can't do business with you. And marketing is it has a huge amount to do with reach and less to do with quality. Repeat business, referrals, uh, retention have everything to do with quality, but new clients has much more to do with reach. Um, and how many people are you, are you in front of? And that's the problem that most of us are not getting enough reach and we don't understand the laws of reach and the mechanics of building an audience and getting in front of other audiences. But for you specifically, Victoria, I will share with you the, the, the advice that my mentors shared with me when I first started in the speaking business, which I would say is as true today as it was 20 years ago uh, when I first started. And this has never changed um, since the beginning of speaking as a paid profession And that is this, the number one way you get hired to speak is because somebody has seen you speak. They have the number one way you get hired to speak is because somebody has seen you speak. If you're not getting hired to speak, there are only two reasons why either not enough people are seeing you speak or you're not as good of a speaker as you think you are. Okay. And, in, and in most cases, it's both of those. Um, but from a, let's, let's table the issue of how, how good you are or aren't on stage. Um, mm-hmm. and, and let's just say this. 
the, the, the answer is the same to both problems, by the way. The answer is go out and speak for free. It's exactly what you did one time, Victoria, mm-hmm. is because you, you have to go speak for free. That's how you get good. That's how you clarify your, that's how you get good on stage. That's how you get good at humor. It's how you get good at telling stories. It's also how you get in front of a lot of people, right? Is you're out there speaking for free, speaking for free until one day somebody walks up to you and they say, I have an event coming up or I'm a part of an association or I'm on a meeting planning, you know, committee. And I think you would be great for this event. What is your fee? And that is how the speaking business works in its essence. Speaking begets more speaking. And people often say they go, well, yeah, that's the whole goal, Rory, is I'm trying to get people to hire me to speak, but I can't get anyone to pay me to speak to get in front of audiences so that they can see me speak so they can hire me to speak. And I get that. And the answer, the, the answer is go speak for free. Go speak for free. That is, that is how you solve the problem. And I spoke 304 times for free, Victoria, before I ever got paid to speak. Um, before I got a legitimate, what I would call a legitimate speaking fee. My first real speaking fee was $5,000. And I had done 304 free presentations or basically free, you know, it was like 50 bucks or a gift card or a gas card or, you know, I did whatever. But um, before I got my first legitimate paid speaking gig, um, now I get tens of thousands of dollars to do a one hour speech. It's basically the same speech I did 300 and, you know, built over the course of doing those 304 presentations. Most of them were short presentations. Um, and so you got to speak for free and you got to record yourself for two reasons. One, because you're going to need to put together a demo video. Even if you're trying to speak for free, people are going to need a sample of you speaking. Um, but then as you become, as you become more in demand, they're going to want a demo video of you speaking and your Uh demo video needs to come from footage of you speaking in front of all these audiences. So you need to record yourself every single time you speak so that you can cut those clips together, um, and create a demo video. The other reason why you need to record yourself every single time is because when you first start out, you need to watch yourself Every single time you need to go back and watch your own video. You will be your best coach. And without a doubt, people are shocked at what they said versus what they thought they said. Um, As speakers, we all think in our mind, we delivered this amazing presentation and then we go back and watch the film and it's like, Ooh, Ooh, I can't believe I said that. Oh, that's why did I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and so you got to watch yourself on film and, and you'll, you'll be hardest. You'll be your best coach because you're going to be hardest on yourself. Um, but you're going to need that demo video to get booked and you're going to have to ask a lot of people to book you. And that's why your fee should be free when you start. And, um, um, now where do you go speak for free? Always a common question. Associations is the best answer. So that's a question you haven't asked, but I think you probably would ask it. And I'll just answer that for you. Okay, Victoria. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Here's why. uh, Let me ask you, why do you think speaking for associations is the best place to start? Honestly, I I don't, I I wouldn't even begin to, to 
I don't know why. Okay. So here's, here's, there's two great reasons. Number one, most every association is a nonprofit, which means they don't have money, which means a free speaker is going to be attractive to them. They're at least going to take a look. Actually, I'd say there's three reasons. So one is they don't have a ton of money. So they're always interested in free speakers. Number two is associations exist solely for the purpose of having meetings. That's why associations exist, to share best practices, to help people in the industries network with each other and get to know each other, right? The only reason they exist is to help people network and cross-pollinate. So they exist to have meetings. Well, guess what? If they have meetings, they need speakers. So they need a lot of speakers and they don't have a lot of money, which means free speakers are going to be enticing or low, low fee speakers. The other thing about associations, uh, also, by the way, they're often large. It's, it's often easier to get in front of 200 people at an association than it is for a company to hire you and put, it, you, put you in front of 200 of their employees. Um, but the, the best part about associations is everyone in the audience is from a different company. So they're all potential prospects. They're all potential buyers for you. Wow, I so love it. if you go speak at a company, right? You, everyone works at the same company. They might hire you to come back again, but there's only one, you only have one odds of that, which is repeat business. You go speak to an association, you have 200 chances to get hired or however many, as many people are in front of you, that's how many chances you're creating to get yourself hired. You like? I love. Also, associations are easy to find because they, by definition, they're trying to be found, right? They, they're out there. So you can Google all types of associations and you want, and, and so if, if I were you, I would be looking at military associations, woman associations, entrepreneur associations. I would be looking um, at homeless, uh, you know, people, people who serve the homeless, people who serve prisons um, because prisons, you know, I said they don't have money. They they do have money. They don't have a lot of money, but they do have some money. And um, uh, you can speak in front of people and sometimes they have grants and things like that, right? So, uh, you you know, start with the groups that you are closest to who you are, right? So you go, okay. who am I? I'm a woman. I'm an entrepreneur. Um uh, you mentioned earlier, you're, you, you are a woman of color, right? So I would, I would try to speak to, uh, which by the way, Victoria, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way. Um, a lot of our speaking clients, mm -hmm. they are really looking for mm -hmm. diversity right now, more than they have ever before. They are intentionally seeking diverse speakers, because they've had so many white male speakers for so many years. And now they're waking up to the idea going, we got to get, we got to get some, some other, you know, other speakers here. Like we need to get some, you know, just whatever people of color, you know, more, more gender diversity. And so it's a really great time. It's a really great time for you to be starting on this path. Um, okay because people are they're, they're, they need it and, and they're, they're, awake, they're, they're waking up to that idea. So it's a great time for you to do this. And I think if you say, uh, hey, you know, I, I can talk to any entrepreneurial group 
or anybody trying to live their full potential. And I'm going to help them overcome self-doubt. And I've got, you know, this process for how to do it. And then you tell your stories and, um, you know, and then you tell your stories about being in the military and being the only black person there and feeling self-doubt and what that was like and whatever other, you know, domestic violence groups also you could speak in front of, right? Um, people who serve these, these groups. Um, now, if you speak for free, how do you make money? And here's how you make money and sell books at the same time. You go speak for free and you sell your books in the back of the room. This is literally how I started my career. Okay. I would speak for free. I self-published my first book and, and I would sell the book for $20. Now, what you'll learn quickly, which is ironic, is that you can, if you can build a video course, you can sell your book and a video course together for $200 and you'll make way more money way faster. And the video course is way easier to produce than the book is. Um, the book gives you credibility, but video courses for whatever reason have a higher dollar value, perceived value in the marketplace. And if you bundle them together, I would, you know, bundle them together and you can record a video course on your iPhone with a good microphone. If you DM me, if you DM me on Instagram, so my handle is at Rory Vaden. If you shoot me a DM on Instagram, I'll send you the microphone that I use to record on my phone. Um, and, um, you know, it's just like an Amazon link, but I will send it. I'll send you the whole recording kit where you can just go buy. This is the kit that if you like, if you look at my personal blog, Every week I do a video. It's all shot with my iPhone and this mic and a and two uh, one one ring light. And I send it. I'll send you links to it. Um, and um, so you do that, and um, you know you, you you can record a video course that way. And now you've got something that you can go. You can actually make money doing and. You go, how many $200 courses do you have to sell to replace your whole income? And a lot of times, you know, it's not that many. I mean, if you sell a $1,200 courses, Victoria, how much is that? $200,000. Wow. Okay. Right? So if you go, if every time I speak, I'm able to get in front of 200 people. And if I could sell a thousand courses a year at 200 bucks, that would be $200,000. And so even though you're quote unquote speaking for free, you're really not. You're going to speak for free to get in front of people. You're going to sell courses, a course book combo, because the book is going to help get you. Having a book also helps tremendously in getting book to speak. You know, they, they, if you, if they haven't seen you speak the second, the, 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 the second best thing is a book and a great demo video. And so you're going to have to reach out. You're going to have to research these associations. You're going to send them an email. You're going to tell them what you talk about. Um, and you're going to say, I can help your audience overcome self-doubt, live their potential, share my story about being the only black person in this military and all these other things. And then they hire you. You come, you speak for free. You sell $200 in the back of the room. You record it. You turn all those recordings into a demo video. You watch the recordings. You get better and better. You take the money from the back of the room and you reinvest it into a nicer demo video, a nicer website, more marketing, putting out more videos on social media. And it starts the upward, the upward spiral. And, uh, you know, you, you do that and uh, well, along with 
a bunch of other things. And one day you'll wake up and look back and go, hmm, I'm a New York Times bestselling author, a Hall of Fame speaker. It wasn't even as hard as I thought. It just took a little while. Thank you. I have one um, bit of advice to add you. So I have self-published my book and it was coming out September 11th. The good thing is I haven't pre-sold anything, but I'm really taking your advice to heart Um, because I I really don't want to pinch and hold myself. But inside the book is a different story. Yeah, you can say whatever you want inside the book. It's the marketing is only about the cover. So and so my question is, because I've I've been on a few um, podcasts and, and talked about the book. But how damaging would it be if I changed the cover? Not at all. It's not okay. a big deal. I mean, it's not a big deal at all. I mean, if, if, if you haven't even sold any, right, it's like that's the answer in and of itself. You're just beginning. I think it's way, you're, it, way less damage than if you get five years down the road and you realize, man, I, I'm, this is a bad title. And by the way, I'm so passionate about this because I've done it. I made this mistake. That's how I learned this. <laughs> um, it's longer than we have time for, but it's the most expensive, painful marketing mistake I ever made was I called one of my books by the wrong title. Um, so now is your chance to do it. And it's basically pain free. I appreciate it. Can I, can I use that title you gave me? <laughs> I mean, I would, yeah, check your copyrights and all that stuff. But if you, okay, if you drop yeah. the F, if you drop the F word in there, you're probably pretty safe. There's not a ton of cuss words. Um, but you know, yeah, by all, but is by that all still safe? Means. But is that still safe with even living your life? Living to, your um, full, live your full effing yeah. potential or yeah. your, your full effing potential. No, it's not safe. A cuss word is not safe. Putting a cuss word in your title by definition is bold and risky. And that is, might pay off. Um, it's not what I would recommend. No way. Not for someone just mm-hmm. starting out. It creates a barrier. No one, there are very few people would hire you because there's a cuss word. A ton of people would not hire you because there's a cuss word. Okay. Okay. So, I, I yeah. will get to hit the drawing board. Yeah. Now, you know, if you cuss on stage, they at some point they're going to have to be prepared that you're a cusser. So you know, and if it, but, but I still would not put it in the title inside the book is, is a different story. Um, it's just creating a barrier where there doesn't need to be one, particularly on the cover. Okay. Um, so yeah, but I, you know, that's the beauty about self-publish is you can create and test and change. Oh, I love it. No, you have been amazing. I will actually like to talk to you a little bit more. Well, shoot me a DM. Thank you, Victoria. And um, shoot me a DM. Like I said, this is all we do, right? This is, we, we're, we're pretty good at this. We've been doing, doing this for a long time and it's, it's really been our whole life and career. And now we help clients do it. So when we, when your question came through, it was like, oh, this is a great one. Love, love this. We know a lot. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface on book marketing and speech marketing, but these are the, these are the core things. And, um, Man, I believe in you, Victoria. You're you. you are a black woman who served our country, who is still serving our country. You started a nonprofit. You're working in government. You're helping people in need. You're helping women who need help. Uh, you are eloquent. You're you are inspiring, and you are you are service centered. 
girl, this is, this is the, this is the thing for you. This is your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm actually getting ready to drop a podcast with a good friend of mine. And so she does a lot of do good in the homeless community. So I'm really excited. It's called Starving Neighbors. Well, that's powerful. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Victoria. Keep us posted. Check back in with us every time now and again. Uh, and uh, at some point, we'll want to update people on all your progress. All righty. Thank you. You have a good day. I love meeting people like Victoria. I mean, what an amazing woman. Served in the military served as a parole officer, works with incarcerated women, starts a nonprofit. I mean, what, what an incredible woman. And I'm so honored that she was willing, you know, I was, I was a little bit tough on her probably, but she can handle it. And I want her to succeed. I want people like that to win. We need people like her to win. So anyways, I, yeah, I hope you didn't feel like I was too hard on her because I, I was telling her out of love because I'm trying to cram as much as I can into try to help her because I just believe in her and, and I want to see people like her win. But uh, a couple of uh, the the big takeaways, the three big takeaways from that conversation that stood out for me. Number one is in marketing, you have to understand the difference between the vehicle and the destination. And this is something that people screw up all the time. They talk about the process they take people through or what they believe will change their life or how they do what they do. That is not what you should put in your marketing. What you should put in your marketing there's two things, but mainly it's what shows up as a result of doing all that stuff that I just talked about. What shows up as a result of following your process or your method or doing the thing that you believe in or, or taking your advice? You don't market your advice. You market the output of what happens if someone follows your advice. And the vehicle is how you get there. And the vehicle is what you teach people after they hire you. The destination is what you market to get them to hire you. And in that conversation, it was super clear with Victoria that, that all this stuff around law of attraction and manifestation and, you know, belief and self-talk and all that, that's her vehicle. That's the how-to. You don't sell the how-to, you sell where that, what is the end result of following the how to. So her destination is living your full potential, having your best life. You know, now you could be more specific of making more money, getting a better career, starting a successful business, being a better parent, whatever you want to say. But that's the, the difference. The amateurs market the vehicle, professionals market the destination. And then the other thing that you market, you know, I mentioned there was two, is market the, the, the starting point. When you can tell people about where they are right now and you can help them understand where they're at right now, that is super powerful marketing. We call that uh, the, the, the pain. We call that the problem and the pain is describing their life as it exists today in the absence of your solution. The solution is the vehicle, right? 
um, but the, the promise is the destination. So you don't want to talk about the solution or the vehicle. You talk about the result of the solution and, uh, and you talk about the starting point. So that's understanding the difference between the vehicle and the destination in your marketing. Second thing, if you're just starting a business, I want to tell you the crappiest piece of advice that you'll ever hear. People say, charge what you're worth. That is the crappiest advice you will ever hear when you're first starting your business. Here is the best advice about how to start your business. Provide your service for free until it's so good, people will pay you for more of it. Provide your service for free until it's so good that people will pay you more for it. And here's the ultimate metaphor. It's chicken on a stick. And if you go through the food court at the mall or you go to like Whole Foods, right? And you're walking through the store, whenever they have a new product, what are they doing? You know, somebody is out there with a piece of chicken on a stick. Why? Because they want you to sample it. They want you to taste it. They want you to experience a small version of it so that you salivate for more of it. They don't say, you know, here's a brand new product you've, you've never tried before. You don't know whether it's really good or not, but pay us and you can find out. No, no, no. They say, try this chicken on a stick. That is like the best form of marketing when you're starting a company. People have to sample you. They have to taste you. They have to experience you. They have to understand for themselves what is different about you. And so provide your service for free until it is so good that people will pay to get more of it until it's so good that they'll refer their friends to you. Chicken on a stick as a speaker. Why did I tell her go out and speak for free? Because that's what it takes. You got to be chicken on a stick. The person who says, well, I'm too good to go out and speak unless they pay me $10,000. That person's speaking career will never take off as fast as the person who goes, I'll, I'll go speak to anyone, anywhere. I just want to impact lives. Let me add them. Let me get out there. And they'll speak and they'll get in front of people, which will, speaking begets more speaking. And this is really true for almost any business. Unless you are already famous or you're massively funded to where you can just buy advertising. If you're a bootstrap, if you're a bootstrap inside hustling entrepreneur, you got to do chicken on the stick. You got to provide your service for free. People got to sample you. They got to taste it. They got to, they got to get enough that they fall in love with it, that they want more of it. Chicken on a stick. That is my second takeaway. And then my third takeaway and people, so many people underestimate the value of this. Sell at the back of the room. Now, before you go, well, Rory, I'm not a speaker. Just hold on a second. Because you don't have to be a professional speaker. But you can deliver webinars. You can go live on social media. You could build a, a video funnel. Or you can go and do workshops. You can be a keynote speaker. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, go speak speaking for free is one of the shortest distances between someone viewing you as a total stranger and then becoming a lifelong fan. Uh, an amazing one hour presentation is like the shortest distance from of taking someone from they're an absolute stranger to they are a lifelong fan. And you can go quote unquote speak for free to get in front of people 
to introduce yourself and then offer them either a chance to buy um, or if you have a, a high dollar offer or a complex service, you offer them a free call. This is our entire business model at Brand Builders Group. We go out, we do podcasts for free. We do webinars for free. We have all these incredible video funnels. I mean, some of our video training that we give away for free literally we should charge $10,000 for it. We give away so much for free. Why? Chicken on a stick, right? And because we go, if, if they see how good we are for free, and then we offer them to request a call with our team, and then we can vet out you know, what their budget is, and we've got all different price points, as, as most companies do, and we can customize a plan for them. But you know, the idea is go speak for free, and sell at the back of the room or generate leads. It doesn't have to be like a stand up and go to the back of the room and put your credit card down. That's actually quite a difficult skill. But you can go speak for free and say, you know, any of you who are interested, bring me your business card and I'll follow up with you. It's an amazing way to drive leads. Speaking for free is just so powerful. And what's amazing is that even in a COVID world, uh, Oh, and because of social media, you can just push a button and go live and teach what you know for free. So teach what you know for free and then offer people a chance to do more. Uh, chicken on a stick, my friends. Chicken on a stick. The big theme of today. Um, I believe in Victoria. It'll be interesting and fun to check back in with her in the future. And you know who else I believe in? I believe in you. I believe in you because you're listening, you're watching, you're consuming, you're taking the time to learn this information. And if you're taking the time to do this, then I know you have what it takes to go out and apply it. And that's what our goal is every single week here on the success line to break it down and make it simple and actionable for you because we believe in you. So go out, apply this stuff, do it and keep coming back here week after week. We'll keep you going. We'll see you next time on the success line. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.